0: Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is the Speaking of Strange Report for April the 15th, 2017. You know, April is historically a very weird and dramatic month, so I hope you're doing okay this April. Sometimes it works out well for people, and, well, sometimes it doesn't. But listen, I have... A pretty strange and exciting edition of this podcast for you. We have a lot to go over. Um, first off, let me just mention I was recently a guest on Coast to Coast AM with George Nori, and I talked about a new field of study that I created called parasymatics And this is a way of creating what you call sigils or symbols that allow you to easily attract things into your life at least that's the idea we're talking about attracting ghosts or psychic experiences or a flow of money or perhaps a new romantic partner um, and <laughs> it's funny because this is all experimental But I talked about how I've been creating these, and I put them out there for free on Coast to Coast AM, and since then, thousands and thousands of people have been emailing me with these incredible, amazing experiences about how these sigils have been working for them. So later, I'm going to explain all this to you, and I'm going to tell you how you can go get these sigils. It's free this is not some money-making scheme it's an experiment and so i want you to go and check these out for yourself so that's coming up later in this podcast um first i want to get into a subject that i have found very bizarre and intriguing for a long time and uh, there's some some information that's now available for the first time about this subject that we will uh, we'll dig into right now it is about the question of what is really at the center of the earth we'll call this chapter one the hollow earth theory you know it's funny to think that we have been to the moon We have been to the bottom of the ocean, but we have never been, according to mainstream scientists, to the center of the earth. Now, the center of the earth is 3,958 miles deep. 3,958 miles deep. Now, the United States is roughly about 3,000 miles wide from coast to coast so we're talking about a distance that's significantly greater 3,958 miles to get to the center of the earth and they say that just the crust alone the part that we're on the most outer layer is 21 miles thick and yet the deepest that we have ever, ever drilled we humans uh is called the kola super deep borehole it was drilled by the russians for scientific study in 1970 and it is just 7.4 miles deep so not even halfway through the crust and in fact they say that if that borehole were actually a straight drop and you jumped in it uh it would take you less than five minutes to hit the bottom that'd be an interesting fall though wouldn't it close to five minutes so that gives you an idea of how scarcely we have scratched the surface in a very literal way regarding what this planet is composed of what's here below our feet of course in 1864 jules verne wrote his adventure fantasy novel called journey to the center of the earth Uh, to this day we supposedly have had no direct visual observation of what is at the center of the earth why is that well here is what mainstream scientists tell us they say that the earth is so vast to put this into greater perspective if you theoretically dug a hole straight down from the crust to the center of the earth and you jumped in that hole it would take you approximately 42 minutes of free fall before you would reach the center of the earth and supposedly say the mainstream scientist Uh, you actually could not continue at that point falling so that you would come out the other side and that's because if you fell down this giant hole and you got right there into the center of the earth you would actually float as if you were in outer space why is that they say it's because at that point all of the earth's mass would be more or less equally distributed around you and so there would be no particular spot pulling you in a particular direction, so you would sort of be floating there. That sounds pretty cool. But, uh, they say, look, that could never happen. Because for one thing, it's so hot. They predict that the heat at the center of the Earth would be about 10,800 degrees Fahrenheit that is hotter than the surface of the sun and uh, that has to do with uh, well a lot of the pressure from all the rocks around etc um, and the, the, the pressure in and of itself would be so great that they say it would crush a human that basically if you had a space at the center of the earth the pressure there would have to be at least equal to To the pressure of all the rocks around it and so it seems uh impossible to to, to imagine how a human could actually endure such pressures so you have these various issues of you know heat and pressure even if you could get there and float around so given those hypotheticals what do the scientists really tell us they think? Mainstream scientists about what's at the center of the Earth. Well, they say, look, we've never been there to get a direct look with their own eyes. So we're relying on measurements of seismic waves that pass through the planet. Over the years, they have created these uh, bases all around the Earth that pick up seismic waves from earthquakes so for example if there's an earthquake on one side of the earth they measure how the waves are traveling apparently through the earth and coming out on the other side and they're imaging that they're also uh, looking at how the waves travel through the earth from nuclear detonations that's one of the key ways historically since the cold war that one country has kept an eye on another country's nuclear testing if somebody sets off a nuke somewhere then it produces these waves that ripple through the earth that can be picked up on the other side of the earth so they say that by looking at these waves and and knowing that there are certain waves that can only pass through solids of a certain kind and certain waves that can only pass through liquids of a particular kind some of these they call p waves some they call s waves that they they've created this image that we all are taught in school of what the earth supposedly looks like it has a solid inner core and then it has a liquid outer core And then it has a mantle, and then the crust. It's like layers of an onion. And of course, we all know what it looks like when lava comes spurting out from the earth. It looks pretty scary and impressive, and it doesn't look like the sort of thing you would want to go diving into. But thinking about these things might make you believe there's no way that there could be some type of an existence a civilization within the earth Uh, but on the other hand uh, maybe there are caverns that perhaps don't actually go right through the center of the earth or maybe there are other elements or gases or scientific factors at play within the earth that we're not aware of maybe it is possible that the bulk of the earth looks the way the mainstream scientists think but not but not all of it on the inside i mean hey we know that scientists have been wrong before about the makeup of the earth we all know they used to believe it was flat now look i think that these views the mainstream scientists have are plausible and the most likely uh information about what the earth uh, looks like or let me put it this way it provides the most uh, likely visual of what is actually there but the fact of the matter is i don't know and you don't know nobody knows because we haven't been there and so it is very interesting when we get these weird reports throughout history of individuals who've supposedly come into contact with some kind of esoteric, hidden civilization or culture within the earth. That's why it was so interesting when I received a copy of this new book published by my buddy timothy green beckley ufo meister mr ufo and um now i want to let you know something um i i recently i read some uh from a book that timothy green beckley published and that was about uh commander x and and aliens and whatnot He's always publishing amazing stuff. I do not get paid to promote his books. I do not sell his books. I am only bringing this up to you because this is really interesting, fascinating stuff that Tim Beckley is presenting for public consumption. And he has this new anthology. It's called Secret Exploits of Admiral Richard E. Byrd. The Hollow Earth... Nazi occultism, secret societies, and the JFK assassination. Whoa! Um, even I have never seen all those topics strung together before. Now, I know who Richard Byrd is. Very respected uh, military man in America who explored the North Pole, the South Pole. And for years, there has been controversy over his life and some of the secrets that he may have been keeping um let me just read to you the back of this book Does this, this just came out did admiral richard e Byrd lead a secret private life away from the prying eyes of the public what was his ultimate involvement with the assassination of president john f kennedy I'm going to continue reading some of the text here on the back of this. It says, several years ago, a mysterious manuscript said to be Admiral Richard E. Byrd's private diary emerged. In it, Byrd wrote about a vast, ice-free paradise beyond the poles. Quote, we are crossing over the small mountain range and still proceeding northward as best as can be ascertained. Beyond the mountain range is what appears to be a valley with a small river or stream running through the center portion there should be no green valley below something is definitely wrong and abnormal here we should be over ice and snow to the port side are great forests growing on the mountain slopes our navigation instruments are still spinning the gyroscope is oscillating back and forth in quote during his career as an explorer up until his death in march of 1957 bird was considered a national hero besides exploring both poles it is alleged the veteran navy commander had come upon an entranceway that led into a hollow earth inhabited by a race of giants rumor also has it that Byrd during his 1947 expedition was confronted by a lost battalion of nazis whose settlement was being guarded by a fleet of back-engineered flying saucers and while bird's scientific team was supposed to stay for six months in this frozen region his expedition was called off shortly after his arrival uh says what is generally not known is that on one of bird's sojourns to antarctica he sought to stave off mutiny among his crew by enlisting some of the younger members into a very secretive loyal legion it's the name of a society uh which enabled him to clamp down on any leaks about his missions and discoveries and it goes on to talk about that you know this diary is um is debated. Okay. Uh I've heard of this diary before and there are some people who believe it's very authentic and some people who say that this was a hoax. One of the things I like about this book is that um it takes a really uh multifaceted diverse look at all these angles related to this mystery and uh, it, there are some chapters that just point out specifically that this diary was bunk, and then there are others who say, look, we can't just totally write this off. You have a lot of authors involved in this, uh, in this book. Of course, my good friend, my old cousin Micah Hanks, he has a chapter called Dark Secrets Below the Ice, the truth behind Antarctica's Nazi UFO-based conspiracy. We have chapters written by Tim Cridland, sean castile uh tim beckley himself writes some stuff um it's just it's a really fascinating book so i was talking to tim about this and he said that he would love for me to share some passages that i find interesting with all of you on this podcast and um you know there are folks who say everything you can imagine about this hollow earth thing they say that uh, the ufos that are seen flying around earth are not from outer space they're actually from the inner earth um that maybe these are vehicle from the original earthlings or inhabitants that have been here a lot longer than humans have um you have people out there who say that, uh, you have the typical lost world in there with dinosaurs. Uh, you have people who say that the whole thing's been, you know, taken over by Nazis and secret societies, you know. It's, it's one of those things that's just, it, it's open to anybody's ideas because nobody knows for sure. So, I want to read to you this, uh, part of this one section here that I think is really interesting because it gets very visual. And um, it tells about an account that a couple of fellows had who supposedly stumbled into this inner earth. And, and by the way, my understanding is that, okay, if you were flying over the, let's say the North Pole, like Bird was, you might not be flying and all of a sudden look down and say, whoa, there's a big hole there no actually my impression is that it, it, it comes upon you gradually that uh, you'd be flying and flying and flying and you start seeing this uh, frozen setting gradually start to become more and more tropical and you're saying what the heck's going on here and you don't even realize that you have actually slipped over the lip uh, of this depression and you are now flying directly down into the earth that's sort of how i envision this and now you might ask yourself like why are we even discussing this we've got satellite pictures they show there's no hole up there you know what? there's a whole chapter in this book that addresses this question of whether or not these photographs are reliable and whether or not there is a very adamant conspiracy to keep this a secret um and we know these images can be doctored etc controlled so you know that's addressed i'll just say that it's addressed so look let me just read you uh, some passages from this book that i think are pretty cool uh this is from uh chapter 10 of this book and it's written by sean castile it's called agartha land of enchantment now let me spell that word for you agartha a g-h-a-r-t-a Agarta, and the author notes that there are some variations on the spelling of that but uh typically it it just means paradise all right so here we go reading from the book belief in the hollow earth has many adherents in our time but the idea had its beginnings in times long ago among the wealth of available material on the ancient mystery is an article by dr joshua david stone called agartha in the hollow earth in which he explains why he has crossed over into the believers' camp quote the biggest cover-up of all time stone writes conceals the fact that there is a civilization living in the center of the earth known as agartha This may be hard for some of you to believe. I know it was for me at first. However, I now have an absolute knowingness of the truth of this. Stone begins by referring to a fervent belief in Agartha in Buddhist theology. They believe it to be a race of supermen and women, he explains, who occasionally come to the surface to oversee the development of the human race. They also believe that this subterranean world has millions of inhabitants and many cities, and that their capital is called Shambhala. The master of this world was believed to have given orders to the Dalai Lama of Tibet, who was his terrestrial representative. His messages were being transmitted through certain secret tunnels that connect this inner world with Tibet, end quote. Stone also draws on the testimony of Nicholas Rurik, a famous Russian channel for the ascended master El Morya, who claimed that Lhasa, the capital of Tibet, was connected by a tunnel with Shambhala. The tunnel's entrance was guarded by lamas who were sworn to secrecy. Another tunnel was believed to connect the secret chambers at the base of the Great Pyramid in Giza with Agartha. A similar belief is held by the Hindus of India and is recorded in one of their most fundamental religious texts, the Ramayana, which tells the story of the great avatar Rama. The Ramayana describes Rama as an emissary from Agartha who arrived in an air vehicle stone believes it is quote quite extraordinary that both the buddhist and hindu religions independently refer to agartha and cities like this as evidence for its reality from some basic ancient references to the hollow earth stone moves on to the story of rear admiral richard Byrd's 1947 flight over the north pole a story those reading this book will find familiar Stone draws on Bird's, quote, secret diary as his primary source and relates how the veteran Navy pilot entered the hollow earth and traveled 1,700 miles over mountains, lakes, rivers with abundant green vegetation and animal life. Bird would also find cities and a thriving civilization Quote, his plane was finally greeted by flying machines of a type he had never seen before, Stone writes. They escorted him to a safe landing place, and he was graciously greeted by emissaries from Agartha, end quote. The beings told Bird that he had been allowed to enter Agartha because of his high moral and ethical character and they said that in the aftermath of the atomic bombing of hiroshima and nagasaki they had become concerned about their own safety and survival the being said they now felt compelled to make a more open contact with the outside world to ensure that we did not destroy our own world and their civilization along with it it was for this reason bird had been chosen for contact a person they felt could be trusted. Bird and his crew were then guided by their hosts back to the outer world. In January 1956, Byrd led another expedition to the South Pole, during which he and his crew penetrated for 2,300 miles into the center of the earth. Byrd also testified to the fact that the inner earth is lit by its own sun, and reason that the poles of the earth are convex rather than concave which thus allows ships and planes to enter freely it is here that stone reports on the alleged cover-up says quote the american press announced bird's discovery he writes however it was immediately suppressed by our good friends the secret government Ray Palmer, the editor of Flying Saucer magazine, did a detailed story on Bird's discoveries. The U.S. government either bought, stole, or destroyed almost every copy, and then even destroyed the plates at the printing press. When the National Geographic released an article on Bird's adventure, the U.S. government again intervened and gobbled up every issue according to stone but further confirmation of bird's suppressed claims is found in a book by dr raymond bernard called simply the hollow earth in bernard's off-sided tome a los angeles doctor named Nephi cotton reported that one of his patients told him the following story now folks i'm going to pause for a moment because this is a very interesting visual and just to make sure you're keeping up with this this is an account that supposedly came from the patient of a doctor in los angeles the doctor named nephi cotton says his patient told him the following story Quote, i lived near the arctic circle in norway the patient begins one summer my friend and i made up our minds to take a boat trip together and go as far as we could into the north country so we put a month's worth of food provisions in a small fishing boat and set to sea at the end of one month we had traveled far into the north beyond the pole and into a strange new country we were much astonished by the weather there The temperature was so warm that even at night it was difficult to sleep. One day they saw, okay, now that was the end of of a quote there, sorry. It says, we were much astonished by the weather there, end quote. It goes on to say, the temperature was so warm that even at night it was difficult to sleep. One day they saw a mountain into which the ocean seemed to be emptying mystified they stayed their course and found themselves sailing into a vast canyon that led into the interior of the earth they soon saw the same sun shining within the earth that has been reported down through the ages the ocean he and his friend were traveling on gradually became a river a river that connects the inner surface of the world from one end to the other quote it can take you if you follow it long enough from the north pole through to the south pole end quote Dr. Cotton's Nordic patient claimed the anonymous storyteller continued by saying quote we saw that the inner surface of the earth was divided as the other one is into both land and water there is plenty of sunshine we sailed further and further into this fantastic country fantastic because everything was huge in size as compared with things on the outside plants are big trees gigantic finally we came upon giants they were dwelling in homes and towns just as we do on the earth's surface and they used a type of electrical conveyance, like a monorail car, to transport people. It ran along the river's edge from town to town, end quote. The two Nordic gentlemen were soon spotted by some of the giants dwelling in this inner-earth paradise. The giants seemed amazed at seeing the two normal-sized travelers but kindly offered food and lodging to the pair of interlopers. The Nordic pair stayed with the giants for one year and observed many strange and wonderful things. They were continually amazed at the underground dwellers' scientific progress and high-tech innovations. Quote, All of this time they were never unfriendly to us, the doctor records the patient as saying. Quote, We were allowed to return home in the same manner in which we came in fact they courteously offered their protection if we should need it for the return voyage end quote. this chapter goes on to ask has the u.s entered into a treaty with the denizens of the hollow earth goes on from there uh, this is a big book it's got great illustrations great photographs uh and you know there's there's too much to summarize lots of documents uh even some uh ufo memos and government documents satellite images it's a wild book it's a wild book um it's got let's see mysteries about mount shasta as well as Tibet, the new Atlantis, the Dulce, New Mexico base. We've talked a lot about that, and aliens. It's just another really cool, interesting, thought-provoking book, uh, Secret Exploits of Admiral Richard E. Byrd. Uh, if you're interested in checking this out, go to conspiracyjournal.com. That's Timothy Green Beckley's website, conspiracyjournal.com. Uh, Again, I'm not making any money off of this. It's just a really cool book, and I like passing along the the content from some of these when they come out. Conspiracyjournal.com. There's also a phone number here. Uh, Area code 732-602-3407. Again, that's 732-602-3407. Um, you know, I, I read stuff like this and I think, okay, does it feel true to me to think that there is some vast civilization inside this earth that has um, its own sun and beautiful rivers and giant plants and big friendly people who live there? I mean no it's 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 very difficult for me to believe that it's easier for us i think to think that if something like that could exist far far out in outer space because that is such a weird um you know foreign environment to us with so many vast you know infinite options that uh you could almost just throw up your hands and say hey look in space anything goes right but because we live here on Earth, it, may, it makes it harder for us to envision something like that below our feet, so to speak. So, no, it, it, it doesn't feel like that could be possible. But that also could be a very deceptive thing because we, we feel familiar with what's below our feet but we really shouldn't feel as familiar as we do because we haven't been there it's a long long way from here but we know there is life on this planet don't we we know i mean we don't know for a fact according to the mainstream scientists whether or not there's life out there in space but we know there's life on this planet so maybe that can balance some of that doubt if we know there's life here on earth then that does increase the chances that there is some kind of life inside the earth as well so i don't know keep an open mind i guess i that's that's the good thing you don't want your mind to be so open that your brains fall out that's what they say and i agree with that but uh you can you can do your own research You can see what you think is real And what's bunk But I do think that if there were A civilization within the earth It probably would be a pretty easy secret to keep Because very few people Have direct access To go to the poles And snoop around and uh, And the means to get in there And see if it's true I don't know Email me Tell me what you think my website is com. There is no period after the P joshuapwarren.com If you go to my website right now is a, is a wonderful time to do it I'm always changing stuff on my website so I hope you will visit it very soon and take advantage of what I have posted there which brings us to Chapter two of this podcast Para Cymatics Now what is that? First off let me spell it for you P A R A hyphen C Y M A T I C S Parasymatics This is a new field of study that I have created Parasymatics is transforming non-physical vibrational energy molds into physical patterns and sigils used to create paranormal activity, thought forms, and tulpas of all kinds. My friends, in my experience with my experiment so far, this is highly effective I'm going to tell all of you right now how this works and how that you can use this for free to prove to yourself that it works. At least if you have the same experience that I've had. But hey, that's why these things are called experiments because you don't know. I enjoy experimenting with things that are very difficult if not impossible to test using the traditional scientific method where you can't just put something in a controlled environment and necessarily quantify it right so this was this work was really inspired by my visit to see robert the haunted doll for the first time in 2010 surely you know who robert the haunted doll is He is this spooky little doll. He's actually quite big. He's about three feet tall, who lives now uh, at a museum in Key West, Florida. He's over a 100 years old. Uh, For many, many years, all throughout the decades, people have claimed he has come to life, and they have all these freaky stories attributed to him. Um, Supposedly, the screenwriter for the movie Child's Play was inspired by stories of Robert the Doll to write about Chucky. Um, in fact, I even have a booklet about Robert the Doll that you can download and read online. All you have to do is go to my Curiosity Shop, which you'll find on my webpage, joshuapwarren.com. You'll see at the top it says Curiosity Shop there anyway i went to visit robert the haunted doll and i got a special advantage because i was there doing a report for coast to coast am and uh i was very fortunate the powers that be in charge of robert the doll were kind enough to remove a glass case that had been around him for years and because of that, as a part of my investigation, I was able to shine a nice bright UV light on Robert the doll. Now, usually, uh, or generally speaking, glass blocks most UV light. So other investigators who have gone there in the past would not have had this opportunity, I'm presuming. So I took advantage of it, I shined a UV light on him, and boom, I see this symbol that appeared on his little outfit that looked kind of like a distorted snowflake but it was only visible under uv light not visible otherwise and i wondered what the heck this may be now mind you the story behind robert is that he was in part created by a servant of a wealthy family who practiced voodoo she was from haiti they say she became disgruntled with a family and that she put some kind of spell on this doll to sort of curse people who were around it or something along those lines we'll never know for sure and i started talking on the radio about this weird symbol and people started contacting me saying oh well that must be a sigil and at that time i wasn't even sure what a sigil was now i know a lot about sigils a sigil is a magical symbol that you would put on some object or item to sort of seal the ritual the term sigil derives from the latin word sigillum which literally means seal some think it might also be related to the uh hebrew word sigula which means action or word or talisman but anyway um sigils have been used for thousands of years Uh, they were especially heavily used during the middle ages and a lot of the rituals that were taking place then uh, there's a book called the lesser key of solomon that's got all kinds of spells and stuff and it's got sigils in it but basically the idea behind a sigil is look when you're creating a spell what you're really doing is you're creating some type of a a thought form or an energy mold for what you want to happen and then you express that energy as some type of a symbol that can be abstract and then that symbol is used to transmit that energy so what that means is a sigil kind of works both ways you produce the energy of what you want to happen and express it as a sigil on the other hand if you come into contact with that sigil then that sigil brings you into contact with that energy. It's kind of like an antenna. An antenna can both receive and transmit. It's the same thing. It depends on which way the energy is flowing. Now, you could say that uh, any symbol is a type of sigil, uh, especially if you immediately recognize what it is. I mean, look at money. Money is nothing but a giant elaborate sigil because money intrinsically has little or no value if you're lost in the desert and you have a million dollars in cash i don't know you might be able to eat it but other than that it's not going to do you much good you certainly can't drink it if there's nothing to buy with it you know it's meaningless yet our world revolves around it it's a symbol and that doesn't mean it's it it in and of itself is useless it just means that there is a power behind it but the power is the unseen part the power is the meaning that we all agree that it carries so i became very interested in in sigils and and the idea that maybe um you know these sigils they really are they're functioning by helping us to create um a tulpa when we're around them so in other words you know we've talked about tulpas being thought forms so just like you see a dollar bill and that dollar bill doesn't have any power unless you give it power so this, the dollar bill is the sigil and you looking at it and associating it with power is you creating the tulpa or the thought form that empowers it hopefully that makes some sense so really these sigils are related to the idea of tulpomancy, that you can create things when you come into contact with these sigils that's where the energy comes from that's the power supply so to speak so anyway i got interested in and how that you might actually view this in a practical scientific way like how do we understand the process Of taking an energy and turning it into a symbol and i started doing a lot of research about this german scientist named ernst schladni first name spelled e-r-n-s-t last name spelled c-h-l-a-d-n-i ernst schladni he uh, lived in the late 1700s early 1800s he was not only a scientist but a musician and he was doing these experiments where he would take a thin square of metal like a metal plate and he would sprinkle sand over top of it a thin layer of sand and then he would run a violin bow down the edge and you would see these amazing beautiful patterns that would appear in the sand like snowflakes very similar to the kind of thing that we have on on robert's robert the doll's sleeve and this whole um concept has been modernized into what scientists now call cymatics and cymatics is all about taking vibrations and turning them into patterns so for example now you can take an audio speaker and you can put one of those metal plates on top of it with sand and you can play different tones and you can see all these amazing patterns but you know it also works if you do this with water and i i was especially interested in doing this with water because that here i am right now in the bermuda triangle i'm in puerto rico where i spend a good chunk of my time and uh i'm always interested in things regarding water you have these usos that go in and out of the water and i think water is a very key component to all this because uh the planet is mainly covered with water uh Our weather is all about water, and the human body is mainly composed of water, aside from empty space. So you know, water is a very uh, instrumental element here. And when we go looking for life out there in space, what 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 scientists say we're looking for first, we're looking for water. So anyway, I decided I was going to start trying to create these patterns in water. So here at my laboratory in Puerto Rico, I created a rig in which I would essentially take various containers of water, different types of water, sometimes salt water, sometimes fresh water, sometimes tonic water, and I'd put these containers of water over top specially modified speakers. And then I would play tones through the speaker, and I would watch these incredible, beautiful, wild, organized patterns appear uh, on the surface of the water um and then i would look at these patterns not only under with, with, with different frequencies but also under different types of light going back to what i discovered with robert so i would look them under normal lighting and then i would look at them under ultraviolet lighting and then i would look them under infrared lighting and i could see different varying attributes depending on the type of lighting i was using And so I started easily creating these kind of three-dimensional forms and patterns in water using cymatics and viewing them under different types of lighting. But here is where I took a little leap. I decided instead of just playing tones, that I would also go ahead and start introducing some organized intentions or messages to the tones so i sat down and i recorded a message that said i am attracting a ghost and i interwove that message i am attracting a ghost with a tone i played that it gave me a pattern i videotaped the pattern i put that pattern on a computer i took a still from the middle of that i enhanced it on my computer meaning i just drew out some of the details and then i gave it to my wife lauren who was an artist and i said lauren um take this if you would please and draw the highlights into a symbol i don't care if it makes any sense or not she says okay she didn't even know exactly what i was up to at this point so she creates a symbol gives it to me and uh, i said that's perfect now this is the symbol to attract a ghost okay she didn't know what this was lauren went to bed me being the husband of the year i sneak up there and decide to put the sigil this symbol i've created on the bedroom door I, I was up the rest of the night I was sitting downstairs I was watching TV at four thirty in the morning Lauren comes downstairs and she said "Have you been in the bedroom I said no and she said there's something weird going on I think there's a ghost up there and I said what what do you mean and she said something keeps shoving me and it's freaking me out and she said that on a number of occasions she woke up and with somebody shoving her on the shoulder and she said it was not just a dream and that's when I explain to her what i had done and that's when she explained to me that "Uh uh-uh no more of that experimentation in this house that's where she drew a line i was absolutely thrilled i couldn't believe this that this had happened to her we'd never had anything like that occur here before in this condo so after that i got you know very excited and i started making more of these i made a sigil using a tone i am attracting psychic experiences okay and i created a pattern and sigil out of that and i had a dream that night now i'm always a vivid dreamer but this really hit me hard i had a dream that night that my neighbors were moving and i had no reason to think that they were going to move the next day i get up i see people dragging furniture out guess what they're moving I made a sigil to attract a flow of money um i took that to a casino hit two jackpots back to back um i mean this this was getting so wild that i realized okay this is worthy of a whole new area of study and that became what i now call parasimatics it is the idea that you can take these symbols these sigils that are created using this technique and that you can use these things in order to manifest stuff in your life now mind you what's so cool about this is that the way these patterns appear is not something man-made i am simply taking these tones playing them through water and what appears is a natural organic thing it's created by mother nature and and the laws of mother nature and then i just extract the pattern and turn that into the sigil anybody could do this if you just want to sit down and take the time and effort to do it so it's a matter again of getting tones audio tones of various kinds that are interwoven with messages playing those tones through a certain type of speaker into a container of water that will create patterns that you then visualize under different types of lighting videotape and then extract the symbol from the pattern that appears and that becomes the sigil once you have the sigil once you have the symbol all you have to do is keep it near you and look at it as often as possible that's it so i put four of these sigils on my website for free right there at JoshuaPWarren.com. one is whether well, you know it's what i told uh, one is to attract a ghost you may or may not want to do that if you're a paranormal investigator try it out one is to attract or enhance psychic phenomena. If you want to have more psychic experiences, one is to attract a great flow of money into your life, and one is to attract a romantic partner or or love. Basically, I'm going to keep making these, but for now, those are the four I have posted at JoshuaPWarren.com. If you go there for each one of these you'll see a still of the actual pattern that I pulled as well as the symbol next to it and you can use either one of those but it's easiest to use the black and white symbol you can just click on it for a larger version and then you can either save it to your phone and look at it on your phone or your computer or whatever or better yet print it out and stick it it doesn't matter if it's big or little print it out and stick it somewhere where you'll see it a lot or take it with you if you're going to go somewhere where you want to use it in the field um and and you just keep it around you and you look at it and the idea is that by simply having that there you are being exposed to the energy intention behind it that's the idea um this is an experiment okay but the funny thing is when i talked about this on coast to coast a.m i got so many emails i mean i get a lot of emails anyway at one day i got over 2500 emails from people who were having absolutely incredible successful experiences using these uh, sigils Uh, here's one this is this is one of my favorite ones actually this is okay listen to this one person wrote to me and says quote I don't know if this is how the sigil was intended to work, but I fell asleep looking at the money sigil, and when I woke up, I had a penny stuck to my leg. It's especially strange because I had just changed my sheets, and there's no way it was already in my bed. I am almost scared to find out what happens if I concentrate on the love sigil before I go to sleep." Isn't that great? Uh, People are especially, you can imagine, using this money sigil. Here's another one. Quote, I printed out the money sigil on Sunday night. The past two days, there has been a surge of orders in my web store. Since it has been slow all month, and this is my only source of income, this is great news. Just thought I'd let you know I'm now feverishly printing out the love sigil ha ha (laughs) end quote okay um also you know what if you have a wishing machine you can just take one of these sigils and put it on the input plate of the wishing machine tune the wishing machine and use it that way as well so everybody who owns a wishing machine should definitely be running to grab one of these right now if you go to joshua P. and you just scroll down the home page you'll find these sigils but also uh right now i have a video clip there that lasts 90 seconds and it's it's just a video showing some of my experiments with this and you can actually watch how the water transitions through different tones and frequencies under different types of lighting, under infrared and ultraviolet, and and uh, regular lighting. So I, I go check out that video. That's just a really cool thing to look at, and it'll give you a better idea of how I've done this. And then yeah, uh, pick one of those sigils and uh, just you know save the thing or or print it out or whatever. And let me know how it goes. Now, I am going to be creating more sigils over time. And I'm going to be taking sigils that other people who are experimenting with this now send to me. And I'm going to be occasionally sending them out to you. So, if you want to know when these new types of sigils are available. And you want to participate in these ongoing experiments. It is very important for you to go to joshuapwarren.com and sign up for my free e-newsletter there uh also when you do that you'll get what i call a free good luck charm uh just for doing that um but yeah go to joshua sign up for the free e-newsletter scroll down the home page to get the free sigils watch the video there and uh also i want you to know that um the online excuse me the online paranormal investigation classes that i gave were so well received that uh, i have decided for a while uh, to continue making that class available as a recording of the live class experience because i recorded all those classes and so for now if you are interested in taking the classes you let's say you wanted to and you missed it or you're just now finding out about the paranormal investigation course you can take it at your own pace online anywhere you live in the world you can become a certified paranormal investigator through my school the warren institute so be sure to read about that as well while you're on my website there's all kinds of cool stuff there uh listed under the curiosity shop i've got some, some uh authentic santero wands uh all that stuff remember there is no period after the p when you visit my website joshua all right folks um I, I i just have so much stuff to tell you about that um I, we're, we're gonna go ahead and i'm gonna go ahead and wrap up this podcast but i'm going to be sending you another one soon and i think i will perhaps finally be ready to tell you about this thing called the mobius mission i know i've been teasing it for a long time but setting this up is is such an ambitious endeavor i want to make sure i do it properly and i want to make absolute absolutely certain that when we do this uh, it is done as comprehensively as possible so, uh, I want you to definitely stay tuned for that. Also, in the near future, I'm going to have an update for you on the brand new stories that are coming in through the Asheville Cryptid Society. Okay, the Asheville Cryptid Society is directed by my great friend Christian McLeod. Uh, and if you have any type of story about any kind of an unusual creature, especially if it happens to be around Western North Carolina, uh, let us know. You'll find a link there at joshuapwarren.com. I'm a member of the Asheville Cryptid Society, and um, you can go also to just AshevilleCryptidSociety.com. Uh, they're also affiliated with uh, my museum, which is in the Asheville Masonic Temple there in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, our Haunted Asheville Ghost Tours, uh, they are booming. And we do those tours right there out of the Masonic Temple. And, uh, in fact, if you are interested in producing any kind of an event in Asheville, uh, contact me, let me know, and I'll see if I can hook you up with a, gr- a really good deal over there at the Asheville Masonic Temple because they have some wonderful meeting spaces. It's just beautiful. So, anyway, all that stuff and more, you'll find links to it. At joshuapwarren.com. I'll be sending you another podcast soon through my e newsletter. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your interest and support. Till next time, may the force be with you.